This is Flipping Tables. This is Flipping Tables, a podcast about gaming culture and Colorado stuff, it seems like, increasingly, but that's because it's an interesting state. I'm one of your hosts... David Lyons and I'm Mike Edwards. I think we had some. I think you should probably do this this follow up. Yeah. Um, well, interestingly, this is episode 41, so we are 41 weeks old. Do you even know what you were doing 41 weeks ago? No. Well, okay. this. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> okay. other than that, you no. have an answer. But <laughs> listener, do you know? So follow up. Uh, my brother Justin commented, and he, and he admits this is a late comment. This is a couple episodes ago, and we talked about meta gaming. But uh, he has an example of a sort of reverse metagaming, or not reverse metagaming. I'll explain. <laughs> so he was playing Final Fantasy XIV, which is a, a massively multiplayer online RPG. Thank you. For um, that. And in this game, you often go through dungeons uh, with like a core group of four people. And uh, there's a boss at the end, there's treasure, and uh, uh, you get bonuses if like there's a noob with you in the dungeon and stuff. And so he says... I, I just played a dungeon in Final Fantasy XIV where I was not resurrected at the boss because I died once and the jerks were mad at me. And they told me to go watch a video before playing the dungeon next time. And I said, no, I'd rather play the game. I told them I was going to disconnect on purpose so they don't get my bonus points for being a first-timer in the dungeon. <laughs> Who's laughing now? Um, and the jokes aside, I thought this was interesting because he was punished for not metagaming. So... You know, wanting to just experience the game firsthand was not acceptable to these other players. Yeah, no, completely. Like, oh, what do you mean you didn't come in with full background knowledge <laughs> of where everything was and how everything worked? Yeah, so I was branching off that, trying to think of other games that are just notoriously noob unfriendly, and a few come immediately to mind. <laughs> um, really, any team-based game, people are just mean. Yeah, when- <laughs> Counter-Strike, Team Fortress... Yeah, I, I see. You, I haven't played Dota, but Dota. I feel like Team Fortress. I mean, I'm sure there's there's trash talk like any game, but you you can you can sort of I don't know hide a little bit because it's like large teams deathmatch. Yeah. Whereas it's not like a, a strict objective, and you're just if oh you're, yeah, true. If you're unaware of where you're supposed to take the bomb, then well, no one's yelling at you. In Counter Strike, doesn't it? Because it's it's like. Basically, Americans and Arabs, I th- but I think they call them like allies and terrorists, right? It's terrorists and counter-terrorists. Terrorists and counter-okay. So and depending on the map, it changes the nationality of both. Oh, well, that's so sometimes slightly you're, less offensive. You're SAS, sometimes you're all these other yeah. things. But, but then it's like you have like a military objective, right? It's yeah. Like, so I have to go to this place, do this thing, kill that guy. Yeah, there's a couple different scenarios. It's either the terrorists are trying to plant a bomb or the counter-terrorists are trying to rescue hostages, and that's basically the extent of it. Right. But it's everything's a single round, and once you die, you're dead until the next round. Right. And so it's not like For a res- – it's not like Yeah, it's not like Quake where you keep respawning um, or really any – you know, I'm going Quake reference. Yeah. <laughs> 1995, so, anyone? Quick side question. In Counter-Strike, are any of the character models women – Zero. Zero. Okay. May, I mean, there, there was maybe a, time, a hostage, but I don't think so. I think it's it's men, 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 sausage fest. There was a time when it was incredibly uncommon for women to be in forward combat. Pretty sure that time's over. So yeah. I was just curious because I mean, Counter Strike's an old game. Yeah, 
And uh, another notoriously unfriendly gaming community would be Dota, Defense of the Ancients. So and the, so Dota is like it's a it's an all PvP universe, right? Like there's no other yeah. objectives. Well, this is where I'd want to throw it to our friends at the We Like Dota <laughs> podcast to uh, to comment on your notoriously unfriendly community. <laughs> is it overblown or has it earned its, you know, like... Or is it entirely your fault? They don't just yell at you. They tell you to uninstall the game and they tell you to go play Call of Duty. <laughs> that actually happened. Get I was, here, dude, I was playing Counter-Strike last night and... Uh, some guy just failed so bad. Like he was the last of us left alive. And so everyone's watching him. Right. Yeah. Cause the camera follows yeah. your surviving team members and he died. And then he complained. He's like, I don't like how this game shoots, like how the guns are hard to shoot. Mm. And everyone was immediately like, go, go back to cod. It's like you all died first. <laughs> well, he might've been camping and hiding in a corner, but <laughs> That would still be my go-to defense. Like I was alive longer than you guys, and I have to just—I have to give Justin a, a virtual high five because I, I can't believe I actually just did the motion. So there, Justin, if you're listening to this right now, you should actually high five the air because I'm doing it, and you're leaving me hanging. Um, but I like that his response to their metagaming nonsense was metagaming nonsense because. His character didn't know they weren't going to get magical experience points, but he was like, I'm going to quit so that you don't get fake experience points for me being here. So it's like, but I'm not going to quit and go watch a YouTube video. Yeah. So peace out. That's it. I, I don't know. I'm not, I, 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 my, my forays into online gaming are small and my forays into MMOs are even smaller, but I can say that, uh, Probably the game I've played online the most is Rock Band, oddly enough. <laughs> like with Strangers, I should say. I've played other games online. But with Strangers, that's probably one of the games I played the most. And I'm not – it was a new experience for me in my 20s when that game came out. And like you would get to within about 15 seconds of the end of the song and the other person was doing really bad. And they would just rage quit out because yeah. they didn't want that song to go on their, their record. It's like, really? I think that's a rampant problem in sports games because you have a bad yeah. first quarter and you're just like, eh, I'm down by 15. But I mean, is there I'm any out. game that's lower stakes than Rock Band? It's, I know. It's Rock Band. And why don't you just finish the song? Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not hard and that it can't be fun and engaging. I'm saying, like, the penalty for failure is virtually nothing. It's it's basically nothing. So I like how uh, Counter Strike has a system to counter rage quitting like that. So I mean they don't. So there's two modes. There's casual and competitive. So casual you can do whatever you want. You can quit anytime you want. No one cares. It's drop in, drop out. Just right. practice, and no one gets fussy over it. <laughs> competitive is it's not only not ten on ten. It's five against five. So it's more focused challenge like mm. of two small teams. But if you rage quit, then you can't join another competitive game for half an hour. Oh. If you rage quit again, it's hours until you can play again. And if you, you continue to rage quit every so it's time... Like, it's like failing a password. Yeah, it, like, <laughs> it, it keeps getting longer until you, there's days and maybe even up to a month before you are allowed to play competitive. So the result is people play the whole match. Right. Because... There's penalties. That's and you know I've never I know a lot of people who play uh, Counter Strike and I've never heard anyone complain about that. 
Yeah. So that kind of makes me think it must be working. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's generous. Like, if you actually get kicked off your network, you have a couple minutes to get back to the game. And a bot- oh, so so a rage quit would be quitting and not signing back in. Yeah. And but it, if you get bumped and you sign back into the game, then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I mean, the game continues with a bot in your place, and the bot always sucks. So your team <laughs> may still not be happy with you, but you do have to come back or else you're, there's penalties. And I, I like that. I like that it even lets you rejoin. Yeah. Like I, oh, actually, you know what? A game I played online a lot with Honest to God Strangers was, um, oh, crap, Jedi Outcast. <laughs> yes, no. It's throwing your lightsaber. Yes, that game was so fun. And it was probably the last time I had a computer that was modern enough to play a current gen game. My, I, didn't, I played a little bit of that, but uh, it just seemed like there was always exploits happening just some oh, yeah. god going around murdering everyone well i maybe i i was lucky because i it was a friend got me into that game and so i mostly played when he played on the servers he was playing so maybe he spent hours like learning people's <laughs> handles and avoiding the wackos but i found there were people because you could set like this is the old days when you could like pop the console down and like set rules so when mm-hmm. you logged in, it like popped up the little box. Oh, it was just Quake Three engine, so it's yeah. the same console. Uh, nostalgia goggles, <laughs> but so people, you know, you would log in and it would say like what hacks were acceptable. So the people who said like you can use the hack that lets you like change the color of your lightsaber, like that's fine, yeah. whatever. Or but, we like force powers, unlimited force powers. Yes, <laughs> yes, that was freaking amazing because then you still had to play fairly like you just never ran out of juice you know oh man just flying around i'm like i I just like i need a minute to be all nostalgic (laughs) because i'm i'm remembering how completely rigged jumping was if you paired that with force lightning (laughs) you're just like just crazy rainbow arc over someone (laughs) just just raining flying around (laughs) yeah just raining nightmares down Oh, man. All right. While you recover, we'll get into our main rundown. So our, our first big topic of the day is more more on Twitter being terrible. Um, this is terrible in new and interesting ways. So Twitter released a new mission statement, or just maybe this existed a while and it finally hit the press. But um, listen to this mouthful. Twitter's mission statement reached the largest daily audience in the world by connecting everyone to their world via our information sharing and distribution platform products and be one of the top revenue-generating internet companies in the world. That's three so, worlds. Three worlds. Also, um, so I'm, I'm looking at this. Did you copy-paste this verbatim? Yes. Okay, so to anybody who's curious, uh, the amount of punctuation in this sentence is none. There's one <laughs> period at the very end of the sentence. There's, yeah. This would really benefit maybe from like a semicolon or another period. <laughs> If you feel like you need that much punctuation, you just wrote too much for a mission statement. Yeah. So that's the joke. How come their mission statement doesn't fit in a tweet? Yeah, I think it's 222 (laughs) characters. So it's nearly double the acceptable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's deconstruct this. The I think when the joke a lot of people are making, I mean, you said it is like there's three uses of the word world, (laughs) and it's not just that the that word's in there three times. It's that it's awkward. Each time. Yeah, like, even alone. It's just yeah, every time it's used. Because the first time, like reach the largest daily audience in the world, 
What did In the World add? You already said yeah. reach the largest daily audience, and why are you excluding the rest of the galaxy? Yes. <laughs> How do you know they're not tweeting? Come on. And then connecting everyone to their world, which is now you've <laughs> now you've changed now the definition. A world, and then there's like these private worlds. Yeah, little tiny personal spaces. And then the last one is just really clunky to me because. To be a top revenue generating internet company in the world. So now they've again flipped the definition back to like the planet Earth. Yeah. And do you really need to explicitly state we want to make more money than everyone else? No. That does like that feels like a really it's bad like mission. The, the, the cheerleaders being like, we want to win. <laughs> Or it's it's just every sport ball interview, like, well, they scored more points, and by definition, that means yeah. the team won. They, they just wanted it more We than should we have did. scored more points. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. We want to be the team that scores more points. <laughs> <laughs> In the league. <laughs> In the world. Well, th- okay, so now I'm thinking about like how the World Series is really not... Another terrible people definition. People from all over the world, world come to play in Major League Baseball. Oh, whatever. That's cop out. You we know we have more non American. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> but I just, this, I, I think it might have been Gruber. I'm sure a lot of people said it, but I think the quote I'm thinking of might have come from Gruber. He basically said, This is representative of how much their company is falling apart. Like, they couldn't even nail their own mission statement and they were like so proud yeah they, like trotted it out they had a little graph with like a, a three circle venn diagram <laughs> the different worlds right yeah but i just i mean so well i think i don't think i talked about this so recently i had a little falling out with twitter clients and basically so my problem with twitter is you want me to use this chronological 100% sequential except for retweets but that kind of doesn't count this 100% sequential list of tweets but you don't save my read position in between clients Mm. or even sometimes within the same client so for a long time I only used Twitter from my phone because I was like well this will just be my client and that will more or less save my read position and then Twitter must have found out that I was doing that Stop saving my like, read wait, position. Wait, wait, wait. Lions has changed behavior. Yeah. So then I started using several different alternative clients that claim to be able to hold your read position. And Phoenix and Talon both actually did a pretty admirable job. Phoenix had some other weird bugs, and so I had to quit. Is there one called Beak and Downfeather? And <laughs> how many bird related? <laughs> Uh, well, I I prefer the bird pun over something that makes no sense for Twitter. When they're like a red Volvo for Twitter, <laughs> it's like just, wait, what? Just you might as well just do nothing. Just say like I wrote a Twitter app, and then but then so the uh, Talon also pretty good. I just like no offense to the designer. I just I didn't like the design. <laughs> I, I stuck with it for like a few weeks and then I was just like, it's so, I can't, it's not behaving the way I expect it to behave and there's a hundred million Twitter clients so I don't have to put up with yeah. it. It's like, they're not the only Which game in town. Which was the great promise of their API before they closed it down and were jerks. Right. 
So I'm back to the regular Twitter client, and I had to rage quit the way I think you're supposed to use Twitter, which is now I unfollowed a bunch of people because they tweet too much and I couldn't keep up. And I just – every time I start in my timeline, I, I force it to jump to the top because I don't know what position it's in. Yeah. Maybe it's in my read position. Maybe it's not. So I force it to jump to the top, and then I just read until I either read a tweet I know I read before or I get bored and stop. Yeah. Which means I am definitely missing stuff, and I've just had to make my peace well, with that. Well, to add your confusion, they're now just infecting timelines with other favorites and yep. stuff that no one you follow retweeted or favorited, but just it happens to be you know, the second cousin of the person you follow. And it's like, well, how about I put this in your timeline? You're like, how about I get really angry and quit <laughs> your, your servers? Yeah, some someone uh, finally explained to me why showing favorites in the timeline is unacceptable. A retweet is something that I found on Twitter that I want my followers to see. A favorite, until they screwed with it, is something I found on Twitter that I want to remember. Yeah. But now by putting favorites into the timeline. It's just redundant. Well, it's redundant and it's confusing because it's not all the time. Like I don't see everything you favorite. Yeah, it's it's inconsistent. Yeah, so and it's not I, clear that that's going to happen. Right. So I never know which behavior. Like, so if I want to remember something, should I just like put that tweet in pocket so that only I know that it's in there? Like, do I have to now go outside Twitter to yeah. bookmark something? And I mean, what favorites are used for has always been kind of ambiguous, but they were never in the timeline. Like yeah. they never polluted the so timeline. So before you preferred to read your whole timeline. Yes, absolutely. So you and John Syracuse are, are Twitter pals in that you are both being angrily designed away from. Yeah. Yeah. And that's – so that's just what confuses me because I thought that that's what this product was for. Like that's why I'm like, do I just not get this? Yeah. No, it's a platform product now. That's distri- it's a distribu- <laughs> It's a sharing and dis- it, no, it's information sharing and distribution platform products. Oh, so they make other stuff that we just don't know about. How, how could you like <laughs> the like the single noun you would describe your thing as is six words for them? <laughs> information sharing and distribution platform products. People post messages. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Yeah, I don't and you know, I've heard this con, this complaint come up more than once. I don't think Twitter is nearly as popular as as Twitter makes Twitter out to be. Yeah. And I get it. Of course they're going to promote their own thing cuz it's their thing, but I think the user base is way smaller than people realize. I think that user base is actually like half because there's bots and dead accounts. They yeah. don't really none of those count. So and when it's, you it's when you, comedians and like education professionals. Yeah. And I mean that's <laughs> and tech fine. People. I mean I if there's 10 million real users on Twitter that's still many many hundreds of yeah. thousands and millions more than I ever am going to bother with, but and, it's still like you were supposed to be a sequential list of stuff that I cared about and you're not. Yeah, you're you're not the most basic thing you were. So what are you now? Just a bunch of spam. So when I was thinking about how annoying Twitter is getting, I just sort of came back to how um, Google Plus has not been succeeding as much as you would like. 
And yet, I think it's got the best software. And so I was just sort of thinking of that topic of what, what are these times when like the better product doesn't win and how frustrating that is. Yeah. And I think Google Plus is an interesting um, comparison to Twitter and Facebook specifically because they never claimed to show you everything. Yeah. Like from day one, they said, we'll show you'll follow stuff and we'll show you like the best parts of it. There's a little slider, so you can say, like, show Can't me Can't you more. switch it to the show me absolute everything? Yes. everything? It's just Th- not the default? That wasn't there on day one, okay. but it came very, very early. And you can say, I think there's, like, four levels of granularity and then off. So yeah. you can follow. You can have someone in your circles but not actually see any of their stuff in your main timeline, almost like a Twitter list. Yeah. Um, but it's all but, integrated. It's not, like, this buried right. list in the corner. Well, and they were clear on that. Like people were mad when they found out Facebook was manipulating the timeline because Facebook always said we just show you everything and then they yeah. started to lie about that more and more. People are mad at Twitter because Twitter said, "Oh yeah, we just show you everything in sequential order." And then they screwed that up. Google Plus was like, "We're going to use our googly algorithms to google stuff at you." And people were like, "Okay." <laughs> because they knew what they were getting into. Yeah. No, the controversies were over real name policies right. way more than yeah. any of their algorithms. Which is also... It's gone now. You don't gone. have to be your real name. Yeah, which I'm glad because even all of the people I saw who had a legitimate problem with the real name policy, like I cannot relate to their issue, but I thought they had 100% valid points. Yeah. And I was like, if you are a professional and you go by some some professional name or you're there was a big outcry from like the transgender community. They were like, I don't want to go by the name on my driver's license. Cause yeah. that's not the name I identify by. Like I, yes, just stop <laughs> punishing those people. Just let them call themselves. Whatever see, the hell I don't they see want. what you're gaining, I guess. Yeah. Well, and particularly there was a, some famous internet personality, some, some young woman who was like, I am known everywhere on the internet by, you know, Anna queen of the internet, whatever it was. <laughs> It was like by making me go by like Annabelle Smith on Google Plus, you're making it impossible for people to find me. No one knows that that's my name. So she was like, "I'm not trying to hide my real name. It's just that no one will know that that's me." <laughs> yeah. So like that was another interesting case of like you're this is someone whose brand is everything. Mm-hmm. Like they're a freelancer and and that's who they are. You can't really take that away from them without screwing them over. Yeah. So I was trying to think of other products that are fall into that sort of Google Plus category where on some objective level, or I, I mean, there's still subjectivity involved, but nope. where you're kind of like, <laughs> this thing is better. Why didn't it win? And immediately Dreamcast and maybe GameCube and came maybe to mind. <laughs> so did you have a Dreamcast? Absolutely. Okay. I didn't. I had friends who did, so I was exposed to it. And I have to say at launch, at PS2's launch... It was better. Right. I mean, yeah, the hardware wasn't as powerful as the PS2, but you couldn't tell at launch. Yeah. Like, the launch PS2 games did not look better than no. Dreamcast games. A lot of PS2 games look tragically bad. Yeah. They're just, the only reason they leveled that out is because the console had like a 12-year lifespan. Yeah, and the, the emotion engine could be harnessed. Right. By, so what made the the Dreamcast, like, hands down It just better. had really good games. <laughs> it had so many real, like, the the two years before they pulled the plug, it was just, like, amazing game after amazing game. Fantasy Star Online, which may not be amazing now, <laughs> it was, like, the first MMO. Console. Yeah, the first yeah. console MMO. 
Yeah, you're, yeah. There's PC games before, but I guess Ultima Online would be one of EverQuest. The, yeah, yeah. That was around the same time. Actually, yeah. I mean, Sega's arcade business was rocking around the Dreamcast times. You had House of the Dead, oh, true. Zombie Revenge. You had um, all sorts of. Like, and now they finally had a console Namco that could play is, that stuff. You know, Soul Calibur was so good. That's a Namco game? Yeah. So which Soul Calibur has Pac-Man as an unlockable character? Zero. Oh. But they had Darth Vader and Link and... Oh, they did do that. Spawn, if you had Xbox. Yeah, they did weird console excuses. <laughs> because having an Xbox is like death. So... Dreamcast was a clear, like, to me it was, had better games, was half the price of PS2's launch price, and it was just kind of a shame that so, it didn't. So what, what killed it? Every, I mean, everyone wanted a DVD player. I don't know. You couldn't play DVDs? No. it were they disc-based games? They were one gig special discs. Uh, they weren't tiny, were they? No, they were CD-sized. Okay. But they were like one, one gig discs. They were weird. I will say... Something about being able to play DVDs, because when the Wii came out, I had friends that got Wiis at launch, and they were like, oh, man, I can't play DVDs. And I'm like, you have seven other things that play DVDs. Yeah. Your laptop, your DVD player, your yeah. PS2. Like, I tripped on three DVD players <laughs> coming over to talk to you about this. Uh, I mean, I guess you know that was a time when you didn't want 20 things hooked up to your TV. But the kind of person who bought a Wii on launch day probably already had 20 things hooked up to their TVD, yeah. their their TV, and 19 of them played DVDs. Yeah. So I, th- this happened again with the GameCube. Yeah, I don't think it's as clear-cut with the GameCube. I feel like Xbox and GameCube were pretty much exactly the same power. I, the Just, GameCube was more powerful than the PS2. Yeah, and well, I, so was the Xbox. Yeah. and That's I'm, all I'm saying. I, <laughs> so, so I'm saying, man. I'm Just, just saying. My point is this. When uh, Twin Snakes came out on GameCube, because at that time I still had a PS2, yeah. my friend who had a GameCube rubbed in my face for like weeks how much better it looked on the PS2 or on the GameCube over the PS2. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I, but I, I was still good to be Snake. I don't really care if it's like Fuzzy Face Snake. And same thing happened with uh, Resident Evil 4, which originally was exclusive yep. on GameCube. It came out on PS2 and it didn't look as good. No, it looked super muddy. Yeah, because the the textures in Metal Gear Solid were rich but flatter. So they mm-hmm. they when the quality was reduced, it was a little bit less noticeable. Like watching cartoons on a widescreen TV, like they're yeah. stretched. But who cares? They're cartoons. And since the only other game you had to reference was MGS One, right? It was just still a still huge great. generational yeah. leap. And I did feel like the because I never really loved the GameCube controller. I'm probably going to get like hate mail over that. But I just it, I, it was designed for Miyamoto's games. Yeah, I mean there were like Pikmin, but and it's Smash better Brothers. than the N64 controller. Everything's better than the N64, <laughs> except you know I don't really love the Wii nunchuck thing. I've I've gotten yeah. used to it. It it feels wrong. <laughs> it just it just feels wrong. Yeah, and people who play Mario Kart. With the Wii remote and the nunchuck, like, uh. <laughs> it's just... But like our first episode 41 weeks ago, <laughs> I like Nintendo as this company that just is going to break things and, and try things. And Oh, yeah. Like, controller is one area they have never been afraid to be like, this thing is crazy. Yeah, these are the people who did the game pad, where they were like, fold out this plastic mat and run on it. <laughs> yeah. No, and that, I, I will give... 
They're Nintendo. like the Samsung of this industry. <laughs> just try everything. So they don't have the, the bad reputation of Samsung. No one has Samsung's bad reputation. But I will give Nintendo credit, though, because I hate the Wiimote, but there's vert- – well, for certain things – but there's almost no time I can't opt to use like a GameCube controller or the classic controller. And now with the Wii U, they have the little pro controller, yeah. which is really what I want. Yeah. So it's like they push the crazy thing, but then they're like, all right, if you really hate the crazy thing, we <laughs> and got even this. Even the new 3DS they're releasing, which should be another topic when it finally comes out in the U.S., they're, they're putting a second analog stick on it, basically. It's more like this tiny yeah. little nub on the right side. But. Which I kind of – they did that with the Vita. Like the, yeah. But they're like, oh, now finally these old PSP games, which still weren't designed for dual yeah. analog controls, so who cares? It's like cool for new games. Yeah. Fine. But for old games, like how big of a change? Is there any change? Like it, No. Are they going to reprogram the entire game to add in nub controls? <laughs> yeah. And so, – Whoa. <laughs> Things are exploding down here. Things are exploding. So some other technologies or products that were better but haven't won. Um, this one's uh, so Betamax. I, uh, I don't yeah. know if there's much to say, but but you have to. You can't have this list and not mention Betamax. Yeah, because it was indisputably better, cheaper, more reliable, higher quality, better sound. Like it was just there yeah. was like no question. But they just. They screwed up the marketing, and they didn't get the right partners. And and supposedly porn decides formats, so... Yeah. Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, our last one is GSM in America, in Merca. Merca. Um, so which th- isn't that it hasn't been successful. I mean, AT&T, be the only one. AT&T and T-Mobile are GSM carriers. Yes. and But I think it... So, so break uh, it down. Why is it better than CDMA? So... CDMA, this is where it gets a little sticky. GSM is a network standard. CDMA is a specific technology. But you can't be on a CDMA network without a CDMA chip. And all GSM phones adhere to the same GSM standard, even if they use different technologies Mm -hmm. to get there. So the dividing line, while not technically accurate, does work. So CDMA networks are historically more reliable, and that's why people kind of drifted toward them. But they're way more expensive. They're harder to, like, build out. And also, there's, like, one other country on Earth besides America that uses it. I mean, like, literally, like, one other place. (laughs) I think it's, like, New Zealand. So if you go anywhere in the world, you have to either buy a different phone or up until recently, you had to buy what they called a world phone, <laughs> which was like a Veri- say like a Verizon BlackBerry that also had a slot for a GSM SIM card. Yeah, and now you know that this has gotten serious because what does the latest iPhone have? A SIM card, dual chips. Oh yeah, all of them, and they've actually been doing this kind of thing. Yeah, for they've a been while. adding more and more bands and yeah. everything. But all the the latest iPhone, if I understand it correctly, there's one. If you buy it in China or Germany or America, it's the same physical device, and it can just talk to the local networks. Well, and even like their LTE iPad, I think the new one is set so that you could – like they changed their software. So you buy it, and then when you boot it up, it's like which carrier would you like to use? Right. Except – 
Verizon and AT&T, everyone except T-Mobile was like, nope. <laughs> and basically like did something on their networks to say, no, Apple, we won't let you do this. And so it's like we were just making it so consumers could choose. And you're like, nope. And yeah. so... Because Verizon wants you to go into a Verizon store and buy a, air quotes, Verizon iPad, as if that were a thing. Yeah. And so it's only good good guy T-Mobile saying, like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Why don't we do it this way? Then we compete on price and service. <laughs> so, this, I, you know, this is tangentially related. So T-Mobile is the best carrier, and always. they aren't winning. Yes. So that's another case of this. But their their policies are making a comeback. Because they were trying to compete in the arena of stupid customer lock-in. And then they said, like, what if we didn't do that? And people have taken notice. And, I mean, you can see, like, other companies slashing their prices, totally violently changing policies out of the blue. And it's like, oh, gee, I wonder if T-Mobile forced you to do that. It's this weird thing called competition happening. But I I have to say – when uh what was it last week um barry i call him barry most people know him as president obama but you know i'm just (laughs) i'm close to him so barry came out and barry said that he wanted he was in support of net neutrality not just net neutrality but he thought that they should all the the broadband carriers should become title two which means utilities regulated like utilities regulated like any other utility, which means the internet is now just like a thing you get by virtue of being in America. I mean, you have to pay for it, but it's Mm -hmm. like by virtue of being in America, you get power and water and sewer. And now he's trying to say internet is as crucial as those things, not phones, not cable TV, internet access. That's a big deal. But there's something that I don't hear a lot of people talking about. He said that should also apply to mobile networks. Yes. That's a huge deal because historically all this net neutrality talk has always been about the, you know, the copper coaxial cable that Comcast plugs into the outside of your house and then you have your little Wi-Fi router. And as bad as you think ISPs are, mobile networks have even more leeway to be douches with their network. Way more leeway, which it's all like – it, it's a uh, what do you call it? It's like whenever well, do you remember when you couldn't use FaceTime over the net, like your yeah. your cell network, because AT and T said, nah. "Well, their distinction was it's it's a built in app, so no." Yeah, as <laughs> if that means anything. Well, because they're like, what do politicians? People use it. <laughs> what do you call it when like a politician has like no real ground to stand on, and they're like, "Well, it's to protect the children." It's to stop child pornography. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, that kind of straw man I th- I argument. Think the, the word for that is bullshit. Bullshit. Okay. So <laughs> mobile networks pull this exact same brand of bullshit, but they say under the guise of network traffic. They're like, well, if everyone was using FaceTime, then it would bog down the network. And it's like, yeah, if everyone wanted to use your product, then you would have to have a robust product. <laughs> It's like champagne problems. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, everyone is trying to pay you to use your service, and you're saying that you can't let them. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I can't. <laughs> so I don't want to make another Comcast episode happen. No. Now we're bitching about AT and T. It's close enough. I'm a little worried. <laughs> so the last topic I had in our rundown was back to gaming. Um, kind of just let's talk about how games are just flat out shipped embarrassingly unfinished these <laughs> days. And the, the latest case of this is Assassin's Creed Unity. 
And do you do you have this? No, I didn't buy this. Okay. Are you are you just done with this? Maybe Assassin's when Creed? it's ten bucks or twenty bucks <laughs> and the bugs are fixed. So this is more than just like typical like launch day. Oh, there's a patch on day one type thing. This is ongoing catastrophic problems that to the point where Ubisoft's community manager posted a laundry list of known issues <laughs> and we know ones they have workarounds for and ones they're gonna patch. And so this is this goes all the way from like missions you can't complete um, to you know like you're trying to join a co-op multiplayer game just doesn't work. Um, and so there was a funny it, so, wait. Isn't the whole point of this one the robust multiplayer? Yeah, awesome, good. Um, Go on. <laughs> so there's a comment on Polygon's article. Um, the top comment is AC Unity's in pretty good shape for a beta. I wonder what the full release will be like. <laughs> and. So this is irritating. I mean, everyone sort this of... This is a $60 beta. As soon as we had patches on console games, because console games were notoriously like robust and stable because they had to be, because you couldn't ship updates to people. And so if, if your game came out, that was like your only shot. And so that's why games got delayed and people would complain. But, you know, Nintendo delays their games constantly, and I love and respect that in their development <laughs> process. Because as Miyamoto said, uh, a bad game is bad forever, but a late game can be eventually good. Fair enough. Um, the contrast to Ubisoft, who you know is pushing annual Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, I mean they're developed for more than a year because they do the multi-team like right. Yeah, this one is Call done by Duty like, Ubisoft approach. Toronto or yeah, whatever. Montreal. This one's Ubisoft Austin, Texas. Um, but it's just clearly it's too fast for them to make a polished product. And they should slow down, but money, money, money. I think it's just starting to bite them because their stock took like a 10% hit or something. See, and that, that was exactly the question I was going to ask you is like, this is short-term thinking, yeah. right? Because eventually enough people know that your product is an unreliable piece of garbage that they stop buying it. Yeah. So like, yeah, in the short term, you can make... I think you know, there are bucks. there are seven or there. I think there might be eight Assassin's Creed games now, uh, including like the mobile ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, at least I can believe that. And that's since 2007. Yeah. So in seven years, they've come out with more than seven yeah. games. That is insane. So I have a contrast. Most of which are triple A main console titles. Yeah. Not like little crappy trading card games that you use a pre built engine for. Not just mission packs. Yeah. Um, I think what's irritating, especially, is these games come broken, but they're already trying to sell you add on missions. And so you're like, your game's not even done, and you're trying to get me to buy more? Are you crazy? But my point of contrast to this terrible business model of shipping broken software and then hoping people don't complain before you release the next one um, <laughs> is the developer Rocksteady. Um, they make the best Batman games, Batman Arkham Asylum and uh, Batman yeah. Arkham City. Because they're Rocksteady. And the one they didn't do is not as good. <laughs> that was the mobile one? Uh Oh, that one is also supposed to be bad, but they didn't do that either. There you go. Um, that was done by the guys that did Fear, Monolith, so they're usually pretty good. But anyway, they were also trying to release Batman like last month, and they realized they weren't going to be able to ship a good, polished game. So they did what any responsible developer <laughs> did, and they delayed it till next year. And I couldn't be happier because I love their games and I don't want to see a crappy product, a rushed thing that's not finished, that 
you know, you're getting, you're trying to run through Gotham and you're just trapped in a wall because they didn't play yeah. test it. Like, <laughs> like I'm sick of this. You brought up Bethesda the other day. Their games are so <laughs> broken at launch. Yeah. Well, and they, they even take their time. It is a couple years between their games. Yes. But they, and I, okay, I have to step back and I know both of us feel this way. The games that were coming out in the 16-bit era compared to the games that are coming out now, the level of complexity is not even comparable. I understand that what we're asking them to do is a Herculean task of art and sound and, and you know, uh, engine design and all that stuff. It's not easy. That being said, if taking an additional month or six months is what will make your product playable, I'm not saying perfect. Yeah. I'm saying playable. Then for the love of God, just take the extra time. And I would think too because – so with uh, Rocksteady, they delayed the game and a lot of people – a lot of analysts would probably be like, oh man, you're going to miss Christmas sales. It's like, yeah, but most gamers are in their 20s and 30s. Everyone's going to buy go, their they're game. They're just going to go buy it. And it's going to be so good because it's, it's full open world Batman with the Batmobile. Yeah. But I mean when gaming culture was – Have you looked at anything with this game? It's like no. you just like – press a button and your Batmobile drives itself to you and like in oh, one the, animation the Rider. yeah and in one <laughs> animation you hop in like they intend it to be like super seamless you can launch out of your Batmobile and immediately like <laughs> glide over to someone so it's yeah, slick so, yeah so give it a minute so that it's playable and enjoyable <laughs> yeah. but I mean this is the thing like when you know we were kids and and even like the the half generation right before us so I guess like the earlier side of our generation in the 80s and, and early 90s, when the gaming demographic was like 10-year-olds who didn't go buy their own games, yeah, you had to maybe nail Christmas because that's when the parents are going to spend the money on the games. Now those kids are the parents. Yeah. Like if a game is coming out any time of year that I've been waiting for, I'm going to buy it regardless of its proximity to a holiday. Yeah. Especially you, because I'm buying it for me. You think Half-Life 3 isn't going to sell a yeah. billion copies <laughs> just because it wasn't released in October or November? That would be funny <laughs> if, like, in, on, like, January 2nd of some year, Gabe was like, Half-Life 3, this Christmas. So then it's just a year of hype train. <laughs> I don't think he's that big of a troll, but that would be just to watch the internet explode, then contract in the summer, and then explode again. <laughs> Multiple big bangs. <laughs> yeah, so this, I, I mean, the Fallout games, you've played the new Fallout games, right? Yeah. Like three in New Vegas? Yeah. Right. So They're, they're not really new anymore, but... I, well, but they were so long after the old ones, yeah. I guess I'm... When taken as a whole sampling. <laughs> so... Three in New Vegas, the ones that were made by Bethesda. Um, there's no question they use the same kind of engine as yeah, it was like, Oblivion, as engine. Oblivion and Morrowind or whatever. But those games are like well known to be pretty broken. And if you're, say, my friend who's probably listening to this because we played a lot of Fallout together in college, <laughs> you're running forever and ever on the overworld map. And for no reason, the game just locks up. Like, you're not in combat. You didn't try and, God forbid, open a menu yeah. or something wacky like that. <laughs> like, the game just locks up, and you've now lost hours yeah. of playtime. Like, yeah, you, you go into buildings just out of instinct of, like, I need an auto-save. I need to save. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, like, 
the no one ever complained about crashes happening in the New Vegas area because everything required you to go through a door. Yeah. Like every the areas were so hyper detailed and crowded that they were separated by like walled yeah. you know, fences. So then every time you went in between them it would autosave. That was another next gen growing pain. Did you ever play the Deus Ex games? Mm mm. Well, the first one is, you know, one of the best games of all time. <laughs> second one... Hyperbole? <laughs> sec- I don't think it's hyperbole. It's one of the best games of all time. But um, best, like, quintessentially PC game. Like, okay. here's a game that's done on PC that, at the time, consoles could not have done. And this became no more clear than when they made the second one. They designed <laughs> it simultaneously for the first Xbox. And uh, guess what happened to the map design? Yeah. So the Got first one scoped down. Yeah, the first one was famous for its vat. Like you're at the Statue of Liberty Park, and there's like the entire grounds with no load points. You, you can go all the way up the Statue of Liberty. Yep. But then on the Xbox, they were like, "No, we can't do that." So it was like nah, it was like living in a studio apartment instead of a mansion. <laughs> And I'm not, not even exaggerating. You're like you like walk around the corner of a building, and it's like loading. And then you like go in the door and it's loading Ugh. and it's just like everything was so tiny and cramped and that changed the entire feel of the game. It ruined it. Yeah. Because yeah, then it's you're, like you're fight through the front door, fight through the front door or sneak through the vent. Right. And then you're in the same room. Yep. <laughs> the end of choice. <laughs> well, you, you played the Grand Theft Auto series like from three on. Mm-hmm. So once that game went 3D, they have always had just tragically long boot-up times. Yeah. But that's it. You front-load all of the loading in that game into watching those, like, the still images with, like, a rap beat over it. Yeah. And it takes, like, a solid two real minutes, which is a long <laughs> time to just sit and stare at still Within images. Then the game just streams. Yeah, but then it's just perfect. I mean, there's, you know, some pop-in and stuff, but, I mean... It, Come on, like that's pretty awesome. Well, that's also the the Last of Us. Pretty much, there are load points, but you don't notice them. Sure, it's all streamed through, and so it feels like a seamless gameplay experience. And I think Naughty Dog is like committed to this now. They're like, we don't want people to notice load times ever. Yeah, well, I think it's the so in uh, this I know we've mentioned Sequelitis like a hundred times but I just I heart him so much <laughs> so Igor Raptor in in his Sequelitis video about Mega Man he talks about um, how in the like classic NES era Mega Man games the, like when you hit the edge of a screen you knew it because there was this like sh- frame mm, shifting next panel of the comic yeah and I mean I didn't think anything of it when I was a kid, but if you put that side by side with the totally fully loaded ahead of time of like Mega Man X and Beyond games, where it's just one full world, even yeah. though it's like it's basically a long hallway, but I mean, it, there's no loading, there's no buffering, there's none of that. Like that's a huge difference in experience. Yeah, load times are fine, but if they break the experience, if it's like, oh, it's this open world loading, yeah. Chrono Trigger. We've both complained oh, about yeah. that. You can't play any of the SNES Ugh. Squaresoft RPGs on PS1. It's, it's experience breaking. If it takes four seconds to open the menu, I will not play your game. Yeah. I won't. How does the menu take loading? <laughs> it's just a list of text. Yeah. Just keep that shit in memory. Yeah. Yeah, it totally breaks. Yeah. I have, I have <laughs> those games and can't yeah. handle it. 
This is why I'm so. How come Final Fantasy VIII and Seven? <laughs> the menu's immediate, but what? your port of Super Nintendo. That's it. The, depending on who you talk to, the word port is a dirty word. Because it usually means some third party company. Yes. Did a really emulated. crap job. So there, I, I wish I knew the exact technical difference, but there is a difference between rewriting code so that you get the same end experience, but the back end has to be customized to the platform it's yeah. on and porting where it's basically like, uh, underneath we didn't really change anything. We built an emulator. Yeah. And now it's 60% it the performance. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I mean, final fantasy, especially like the SNES era ones, it, you know, it doesn't require hair trigger split second reactions. But if it's so slow that I notice how slow it is, yeah, like that's not good. Well, and there's a couple of things. Like, do you like the DS remakes? Uh, I played like two I of them. I think they did three. They did like one through four. Yeah, I've I played most of one and two. Or no, they started with three. Oh no, the I'm polygon think, ones. I'm thinking of the Game Boy Advance remakes. Oh, those are fine. Those are fine. Um, I only played three, like Japanese three. Yeah. as the polygon remake. Um, I really wanted to play four. Can't stand it. No, I hate the it just feels so claustrophobic. It's all like zoomed in on the midget characters, and uh, you can't see anything. See, because I like that art style, but if the camera sucks, I don't like polygonal midgets. I don't mind sprite midgets. Uh, it just it makes me think old anime I used to watch. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it, no. It's, so no, no it's my fine. my contrast is you've played the PSP four remake. Yes, and it's gorgeous. Yes. Because they actually wrote it for that platform. <laughs> yeah, they to- completely rewrote the game. That's the kind of port you want. Yes. Yeah, because I feel like that's... And Square's... Square Enix, whatever. Squeenix. <laughs> Squeenix. They're getting better about this, but there was a time when they were like, oh, we can just emulate our old crap onto new platforms. Because like, you, you don't like the Polygon stuff, that's fine, but that's still a new engine. Yeah. Like... You may not like it, but it's at least a new version of the game. Yeah, it's just better taking, than load time. Yeah, taking menu. SNES Chrono Trigger and just shoving it onto the PlayStation 1 and then being like, oh, look, we added anime cutscenes, but also the game is terrible now. Yeah, like, or even <laughs> worse, the, the Final Fantasy remake, the ports that have cutscenes that look terrible now. <laughs> I'll have to find one and put it in the show notes. Of They, they do look really bad. They just, yeah, they, it's early CG, just... <laughs> embarrassing yeah cloud had such a weird face it was a it was a novelty then well not even final fantasy 7 cg but the like we ported ff6 and we made cutscenes that didn't exist in the super nintendo era yeah and at the time you're like i get to see cutscenes of terra turning into nesper yeah or kefka kefkaing it up but then now it's like oh there's like this like Beginner art student, round, <laughs> perfect sphere head, yeah, laughing. <laughs> yeah, you know the I, I can't think of his name. The guy who's historically had done all the art for the Final Fantasy games, his artwork is is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like to have books on my shelves, but I would happily have his art books. The coffee table book of it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean he's just absolutely beautiful, but. For some reason, when they remade Final Fantasy VI, they were like, what if everything was chibi? What if we just chibied all the heads? <laughs> and then everyone is like an impossible stick person with a lollipop <laughs> head. And again, there's nothing wrong with that art style. It's just 
in my mind, I have the sprites and his beautiful hand yeah, drawings. Wispy, like, yeah. I've always been a fan also whoever does the Metal Gear Solid, like, smoky yes. art. Like, that stuff just looks amazing. Yeah. So those are the two frames of reference I have yeah. for art. And then when you add in this third one, I'm like, what the hell is this doing here? <laughs> this, this One of these things is not like the other. And I have to just throw this out because I think we're getting ready to wrap up. Um, so Jedi Outcast is on Steam. Yeah. Which is kind of awesome. But what's more awesome is that, like, 45 years later, or however old that game is, it still commands $10. $10. (laughs) It is Steam Play, so you can play it on your Mac side. There you go. But $10. When? 2003. So it's actually not as old as I thought, but it's old. It's 11 years old. Really? Only 2003? Maybe they mean 2003 on Steam. So the first Jedi Outcast. So this is like the crazy, I know our friend Zero Punctuation would love. <laughs> there's there's colons galore in Star Wars games. Oh, yeah. Cause, so it was Dark Forces, then it was Dark Forces 2 colon Jedi Knight. Yes. And then it was Star Wars was Jedi, Jedi Knight, Knight 2, 2 colon Jedi Outcast. <laughs> It's yep. like the colon train continues. Okay, so Jedi Outcast was originally, it uh, was 2002. Then it must that be 2003 right. to hit Steam. Because I was going to say, I, I know I played this in high school. It probably didn't, did it actually hit Steam in 2003? Steam didn't exist till Half-Life 2 came out, which was around that year. Was it 03, uh, 04? Well, okay, so here's here's what I'm comparing. On Wikipedia, it says that Outcast came out March 26th, 2002. On the Steam page for Jedi Outcast, it says September sixteenth, two thousand three. Those are the two dates I have. Okay, I don't. I don't you don't, I don't know everything. I, I don't know. even think Steam was yet existing, but maybe it was. I mean, when was Steam a thing? <laughs> it was around then. Uh my I my phrased my question into Google so poorly. <laughs> Initial release, I'm on Wikipedia. Development began in 2002. It was revealed to the public in March. Um, (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. Wikipedia failed you? Oh, the client was first made available for beta testing in January 2003. Mm. So, so September, it could have been released by September. Yeah. But anyway... It's game. The fact that it still commands ten dollars kind of makes my heart sing, because that means it's a tiny. It's either less nostalgia goggles than I think, or they're capitalizing on nostalgia goggles and they're like, he'll pay ten bucks. Yeah, because I'm thinking about you it. You just have to wait for the winter sale. Yeah, and it's going to be seventy five cents. Isn't there? There's like websites where you can like follow games and it tells you if they go on sale. You can do it on Steam. You can okay. say, <laughs> "Let me know when this game is on sale." That me. They know their audience. Yeah, they're like, "We'll just we'll do it." Don't go somewhere else. We'll just tell yeah. you. All right. I don't know. You want to put a bow on this? Yep. We're done. Okay. Where can people find these show notes? Flippingtablespodcast.com slash 041. Where can people find you? You can go to Twitter to Medwards Music or pseudomichael.com. People can find me at linesinbeta.com or linesinbeta on Twitter because I'm one of the luckies. <sighs> See you next time.